This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King. I'm Jane Klein, Sally Lucas. Oh, where are we going today? Well, with Anzac Day upon us, Jane, and um, I just thought we'd, we'd talk about things in our own backyard. Our um, own backyard is a lovely backyard. It is a beautiful backyard. And it's a much improved backyard as to what it might have been years ago for people who maybe don't like roughing it, uh, uh, the bush yeah, Tucker-type people. Um, so we now have creature comforts in our wilderness areas, which we didn't have once upon a time. But also a lot of these places you didn't even have access to because the roads, the wet, you know, the roads are only open certain times of the year. But a lot of these have got little airstrips now that can fly you in and fly you out as well. So we can reach more of our wonderful country than we ever used to be able to. So I just thought talking about Anzac Day, yes, we'll talk about Australia. And that's a nice thing for us to do, I think, is to reminisce in our own country sometimes, isn't it? You don't have to be overseas. You can equally do it here. And the spirit of our country is often really um, comes out in the oh, outback. I think if no one has been to the outback or any part of the outback, it doesn't even have to be Northern Territory, whether it's outback New South Wales, South Australia, wherever it is. It's quite a mind-blowing experience. It's even I'm not talking religion here, but it's spiritual. It's it's just has something about it, whether it's the, the presence, the the magnitude, um, the colours. You know, it's got all of that. The light, um, it's just brilliant. And if anyone hasn't travelled into any of our outback areas, you really should put that on your must-do list, don't you think, Jane? Absolutely. I think you're a great believer in a lot of our outback areas as well, and it, I know you've done quite a few of them. So. It gets into you. It, it certainly really does. Lovely. And I mean, places like the Kimberley and that are just mind-blowingly beautiful. And to think things like the Bungles were only discovered not that long ago, because again, they weren't accessible until someone happened to fly over them one day and spotted them. And what a wonderful sight! They like, I don't know. They remind me of bee. Is it those striped honey bee pots? Very when you look so. at them there, aren't they? And they're just you just keep looking down at. It's this wonderful spectacle. And the good thing is now you can actually go in there too, fly in and, and then camp, and um, they'll come back and get you a couple of days later. So all these wonderful things that you just weren't able to do once. And Seven Spirit Bay, where I went, you know, which is north of, of Darwin on the Coburg Peninsula, again, a most stunning area. I mean, you're just staying in these little, uh, they call them habitats, their accommodation there. They're sort of octagonal in shape, and you have an outdoor bathroom and just beautiful polished floorboards all louvered windows and you're just looking out over the Arafura Sea and you know to sit there at sunset or and the, the wildlife as I've mentioned before up there you know from seeing you know schools if they're called schools of manta rays you know flapping getting krill on the top of the water to to seeing whales uh, with dolphins you know with sharks um didn't get to see crocs though funnily enough um brolgers probably just as well I think so. Yes, I don't think we needed to see a croc. <laughs> but that's just one part. But there's lots of others, like, you know, Bullo River Station, of course, Sarah Henderson's books made Bullo River fa- famous. But now her daughter, of course, is running it with her husband. But, I mean, just the wonderful things you can do there. They've, you know, on their own property, they've got rock art, you know. You can, they can take you by helicopter because France, the husband, is a qualified helicopter pilot. So they can take you to the remote areas of their property, which would take you too long to, to do if you were just there for a couple of nights. And, of course, it's a couple of hundred case from Kununurra, but they're cut off for, again in the wet season, their dirt road that leads them in off the Victoria 
uh, river, um, road, sorry, is often just completely, you know, they're isolated unless they can fly in and, and fly out, of course. Um, then you've got Bush Camp at Faraway Bay, which is at East Kimberley. And there's, it's this wonderful, um, pre-erected, you know, it's a camp, but it's a very luxurious camp at that. And they even have cooking schools there now and, and using indigenous food and bush tucker, which is wonderful. Um, you can go to El Cuestro, of course, which I think you've been to El Cuestro, haven't you? Yeah. I was there when it was still at the end of the wet, unfortunately, and we, we couldn't get in, but um, that's why we went to Seven Spirit Bay instead. But um, that, And you go down to Tassie, you've got Freysonet Lodge in that wonderful Freysonet National Park, which is delightful. Um, you've got a Kimberley Coastal Camp in the Mitchell Plateau. Um, what else have we got? Um, oh, of course, Longitude 131, which is that fabulous five-star um, establishment at um, Katajuda, as they now call it, National Park, which is Uluru, Ayers Rock. Um, there's a hotel called the Prairie Hotel in the Flinders Ranges, which is quite uh, a hundred-year-old hotel, but it's all been, you know, absolutely restored and it's been used a lot in movies and so on. Um, where else can we go? Oh, that New Southern Ocean Lodge on Kangaroo Island, which looks stunning. The architectural, it's built sort of along a cliff. So every, and it goes down like in terraces. So every room has this wonderful view that's not impeded by anything else looking out uh, across the ocean from Kangaroo Island. Um, you've got Rotham Park Lodge, Cape York in Queensland. Um, I'm probably, have forgotten a lot, haven't I? I mean, of course, you've got cruises that operate out of Broome, which are wonderful, that get you into these fabulous areas in that Kimberley or northwestern Australian area where you don't have any other access. Um, and some of them, of course, have even got helicopters on the back of their lovely luxury vessels and, and take you even further into remote areas that are just... Yeah, normally so inaccessible. So we have some of the most beautiful, I think, countryside in the world. And I think just get out there, enjoy. And if it's not in, in um, luxury, just enjoy our wonderful outback and our, our wonderful land. And remote. I think we're redefining yes. that word. We are, aren't we? We're redefining it. <laughs> yes, we can all become more remote or get to more remote yes, places. Yeah, which is wonderful. And there are plenty of them in Australia. There certainly are. Travel is the subject on 2 and URFM 103.7. Sally Lucas, we're heading for the high seas now. Yes, from one extreme to the other, Jane, from the outback to the high seas, but that's how diverse we are. Um, P&O has pleased to announce this year that for the first time ever, they're going to have a four-ship deployment in Australia from December 2009 to January 2011. So we're going to have the Pacific Dawn and the Pacific Jewel and Pacific Sun uh, are all coming out here as well, as as is the uh, Pacific Star. Now, what's happened to, which is really interesting, one of their vessels, the Pacific Jewel, which is a 70,000-ton vessel, it's a, a large vessel, is going to go on a cruise to Norfolk Island. Uh-huh. And it's the first time in 78 years since that that P&O liner has been to Norfolk Island and that was on the Strathaird on a five-day trip to Norfolk which was the first cruise of its kind from the Australian mainland. So that's a piece of history, isn't it? it and um, is. So on that voyage next year, um, they're going to cruise an area of the ocean where supposedly the mutiny on the bounty occurred in 1789. And, of course, as we know, a lot of the descendants uh, moved to Norfolk and also some to Lord Howe over that time. So that'll be very interesting, I think. And it's also going to visit uh, Fiji, Tonga and New Caledonia. So that's just been released. So that's just a very interesting thing, I thought, isn't it? And, and I dare say they'll be hoping there won't be another mutiny. Oh, <laughs> well, so we don't want any Somali pirates over here, do we? Oh, they might find it a bit far. I think it's a bit too far for them. I think we're pretty safe. The what other a lovely in- thing to do. Oh, yes. And the other interesting thing, more well, exciting really for Newcastle, is one of the vessels is going to be based here hmm. for four sailings. Now, that is a real coup. 
and I think I've been reading in the paper and I think I can't remember who it was now but might have been one of the tourism officers is saying we really have to get Newcastle up to scratch with a decent wharf facility because we are getting more vessels coming in here now and if the council or someone out there is listening please do something to enhance our harbour for cruise vessels for when visitors come in because you want to give them a good first impression don't you? So what sort of things would make for a good reception? Well, I can remember, just to explain, when I first cruised many years ago to New Caledonia, they landed you way out in the boondocks and same at Vanuatu and you just got this very bad impression from the moment you stepped off the ship thinking, oh gosh, I was expecting this wonderful Pacific Island or whatever, you know, and those have improved since those years. Of course, I'm going back to the 70s. But I think it's much the same for us because some of the larger vessels can't fit on the um, honeysuckle side of Newcastle, so they've got to take them across to Carrington. Well, there's nothing really there, and that's really not a good first impression, is it? I mean, you need to have a decent customs facility, which they have to make sure they have, and they can process people quickly. Um, Transportation must be there. Um, and, you know, I just think they just really need to enhance, even if it's still got to be over the Carrington side, to cater for these larger vessels. We must start putting something in place to make sure we don't lose this wonderful, you know, boost to our tourism industry here, which is this, you know, at the moment, as we all know, is on a downturn. But if we've got vessels coming in, we want, don't want them to go away and never come back. So, you know, we must really put the infrastructure there, I think, to, to retain this, this op- opportunity of having cruise vessels here. So that's fantastic. And there's, this is in September, October next year. These four cruises are going to be operating, um, basically going up to Brisbane and then they're going across to um, New Caledonia doing Emerald Bay, New Mia, the Isle of Pines, and then back to Newcastle. And there's another one that's going to be going from here up to the Whitsundays, Townsville, Cairns, uh, Willis Island, Brisbane, back to here. The good thing, too, if someone can't really afford a cruise or they're just not sure whether cruising's their cup of tea, on the last voyage, you can just do a little Newcastle-Sydney. They've put that in place with Customs and Immigration that they are able to sell um, that last leg from Newcastle to Sydney. So for anyone that wants to just experience, you know, overnight on the vessel and get an idea and get a feel for it, that might be a good, cheap option to test the waters, so to speak. If that's a pun, I'm not sure, but anyway... <laughs> So, yes, we're very fortunate that P&O has put faith in Australia and in Newcastle to leave us have four vessels deployed here for that length of time and for us to actually have one ourselves. So please support it, Novocastrians. We really want to encourage these cruise vessels to to come into our waters and, um, yeah, enjoy. We'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news here on 2NURFM 103.7.